it sure feels to me right now that you can't have a conversation about your company and your culture and your workforce without getting into a lot of talk about the different generations and the clashes and the differences that we see among them. I remember coming up as a kind of a gap person who is straddles between the end of Gen X and the beginning of the millennials. In my coming up in the workforce, my first job, I very much wanted to wait my turn. That was part of what I grew up with. And there was, you know, people who were still part of the silent generation and definitely boomers in that group. But one of the things that I definitely feel now is I feel this is coming up and being a elder millennial or a very late Gen X is the generations after mine, they don't, aren't so keen on waiting their turn. And at least that's how it feels. But I know that there's a lot of differences between those different generations. And we have to be careful to assign sometimes what is a difference in people or difference in circumstance or difference in a million other things to the broad paintbrush we paint with the different generational stereotypes, if you will. Um, so today, let's talk a little bit about those different generations and what we're seeing and what the data says. Welcome to the Overly Human podcast, where we discuss all things human in the workplace, because it's not just business, it's personal too. Good morning, Tracy. How are you? Good morning. Great. This is a fun, fun conversation, but a necessary one too, because I think, you know, now more than ever, we've got a lot of, you know, boomers at the top end and Gen Xers that are leading and running companies and then millennials that, you know, have just crossed over, the older millennials have just crossed over 40 and now are kind of experiencing what midlife feels like and looking towards the back end of their career. So it's a real, and then of course, Gen Z coming up into the workforce. And so we have a lot of different generations who've had different experiences and have different worldviews working together. Yeah. And, you know, anytime there is those differences, there is the potential for conflict or misunderstanding, right? In the workforce. And things have changed so much over the last couple of years, especially the last couple of years, but even over the last, you know, 10, 15, 20 years with the information age, the tech, internet, you know, communication, all of this thing is so different than it used to be that all of those things increase the surface area for conflict. <laughs> and you add those yeah. things up and what we grew up with and what is normal to those different generations, you're going to end up with some, some spots where people are rubbing against each other and creating some friction. Yeah. And I think, I think probably the big difference, because obviously there's always been different generations in the workforce, but I think technology has greatly altered each generation's work experience. And then of course we have the pandemic, which has completely altered Gen Z's experience coming into the workforce. So it's interesting because, you know, when we look at our parents' generation or even when I first started out and when there was no internet and we were all communicating in the same modems, it's, it's interesting. There was a traditional sense of business, you know, so there was a traditional way of how we communicated and we did work. 
the struggles were a little bit different. They were more probably around, and I know this for Gen Xers, they, there's a lot of emphasis on diversity and um, gender equality and, you know, kind of work-life balance and, you know, culture. And so the, what, you know, we were kind of fighting against is sort of like trying to, you know, break the glass ceiling and try to get in there and, and all those things. So it was a, it was a little bit of a different, um, feeling. And now, you know, we're communicating so differently. There's technology, um, work isn't traditional in any sense anymore. And what we're finding is you have to go down a couple of layers to even figure out how, I mean, we, you know, because I'm a part of a consulting firm, we work with so many different businesses and, you know, we have to ask them right off the bat, how do you work? Are you hybrid? Are you fully remote? Are you in the office? Okay. What's your preferred method of communication? How do you guys meet annually? How do you, you know, there's just, there's no traditional one size fits all way of how people are working. And then you layer on top of that sort of generational preferences and opinions and, you know, comfort levels. And you have a very interesting workforce right now. Yeah. So I think there's an added layer here that needs to be talked about as well, which is the speed is which these new way to work trends are influencing what, you know, uh, I'll say it, especially the younger generations. Um, and some of those things are, you know, we went from quiet quitting a couple of years ago and how that became something from TikTok that all of a sudden entered the workforce lexicon very quickly. And I think just last week, I saw that was bare minimum Mondays um, showed up. And we don't need to talk about bare minimum Mondays, but essentially it's the idea that let's take our Sundays back by not preparing to be productive on Mondays so because we want to protect the weekend. Um, you know, I have a younger sister who's much younger than I am who always talks about, and this is a term that was new to me recently, which was the Sunday scaries which is the anticipation to get ready for Monday and how that was, how that took over her Sunday afternoons and evenings. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what's interesting about that is it really makes me wonder if we're just more aware because of social media. Because one of my favorite episodes of Seinfeld was when Elaine was stuck in, you know, she had told the guys how she has to have her Sundays. She has to have her Sunday afternoons and how she has this whole routine on Sunday night where she watches 60 minutes and she unwinds and she really gets herself all revved up for the work week. And if she doesn't have her time on Sunday night, she can't like properly enter in. And it's hilarious because she gets stuck in a cab and she's like screaming at the cab driver, I need to watch my 60 minutes. Like she needs to have her wind down. And so, you know, you think about Seinfeld was years ago and that same mentality is still there. So, you know, it kind of makes you wonder, you know, that was something we all talked about around the quote unquote water cooler back when we had water coolers and we were in the office and having conversations about what we watched on television. Um, and now it's not the water cooler, it's social media. Yeah. So it's what you hear on social media. And so there's always this interesting phenomenon about, 
you know, how widespread is it? What's the real cause? Is it something that's been around forever, but it just has a different name to it? And one of the things that's really fascinating for me is when I'm studying this and reading this is, is it really a generational thing or is it an age thing? Like, did we all feel this way in our 20s? Or is it really just how the millennial generation feels, you know? And I think sometimes I have to remind some of the leaders that I coach, I'll just ask the question, what were you like when you were in your mid-20s? Yeah. What did you care about? What did you value? It may look different, but the underlying causes or desires might still be there. And so, yes, can it be a generational thing? Of course, because of how we're influenced and how we were brought up and the different types of hurdles and things that we've we've had to wrestle through. But is it an age thing? Maybe, maybe that's it too. And we have to have patience for people just starting out in their career and they're trying to get their sea legs and they're trying to figure out what they like and they don't like and they want to feel like there's a reason for it all because they're still so young and optimistic. And so we have to, you know, really think about that. I I spoke at a conference last week and I talked about the concept of midlife and how midlife was a term that came about from a psychologist in 1965. And his philosophy was that from birth to midlife, your default was optimistic. Mm. You were just more optimistic. The way you looked at life, the things you wanted out of work, the things you wanted out of the world. And then midlife to death, your default's a little more pessimistic because your mortality is at your finger, you know, it's more tangible. You can kind of see it on the horizon. And so your mentality kind of shifts. And so therefore your desires, what you want out of life and what you want out of work tends to shift. And so we have age on top of generations. So it's a very interesting, you know, of course, you know, I geek out on this stuff, you know, like psychology is my jam. And so it's really kind of interesting to think about it as leaders and as business owners, how do you navigate all these different facets? And again, it's just one of those reminders that we need to meet people where they are. We have to take a breath and sort of figure out, okay, why does this person need what they need? What am I feeling here? Is it just a moment or is it a movement? Yeah. You know? It's, you know, there's obviously a lot of stuff in the cake mix, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I think there is some generational things and generations are shaped by their common experiences of what they've gone through. And age obviously has a bunch to do to it because you're right. Like when I was in my 20s, I was a different human than when I was in my 30s and I am now in my 40s. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things together, you know, influence how I respond to things, who I am, my outlook on the world. Um, I don't know if I was ever optimistic, really. I think I was more just kind of constant realistic is kind of the way I would describe myself. But, you know, I think that, you know, one of the things that I've had to learn over the years with this is just people are people, like understanding their preferences and not using the broad paintbrush to classify them or make assumptions about people and what they want when we can just ask. Well, it's that time again where we thank our sponsor, the Bureau of Digital, a community of digital makers that all get together and share and support each other. And today we have a special treat. Carl, the head of the Bureau, is here with us. Hey, Carl. Hey, everybody. 
thank you for having me be on the show. You know, we don't sponsor any other podcasts. And when I listened to what y'all were doing, I was like, we need to support them. We need to find a way that we can help. So I was like, ah, we'll be a sponsor. Yeah, we really do appreciate it. And if you have any questions, check out BureauofDigital.com. The 2023 event schedule is up and live. And a big change for this year is if you join and become a member, all of the online events are included. And there's some really good ones. You don't want to miss out. So don't wait. Visit BureauofDigital.com. I think, too, you know, the clever things about looking at generations is really having a little bit of an understanding on what each generation might value. And there's been a lot of research about that. Now, you know, the research I've looked at, the percentages are pretty close. So, you know, all generations are valuing flexibility and recognition and security and growth. But it is interesting to know what the you know, who, who ranks highest, you know, for what category. And so, okay, I'm going to ask you. We're play game. Yeah, we're going to play a game. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So flexibility. So that having flexibility in your work, which generation do you think ranks number one for wanting flexibility? Do we want, think it's going to be, and I'm just going to go with, well, I, we'll do all four. Boomers, Gen Xers, Millennials, Gen Zs. Who do you think? It's got to be Gen X or Millennials. Um, and I'll go with Millennials. It is Millennials. Ding, ding, ding. Hey, I'm the big winner. <laughs> let's see, let's see yes. how many of these I can get right. <laughs> yeah. Gen Xers are close second. But yes, Millennials, um, definitely. And I think, you know, just speaking from my own Gen X experience, being like smack dab in, in the the middle here, um, or I guess towards the middle top of Gen Xers is that um, the ability to have flexibility was just not an option. Yeah. So asking, I know for myself as a working mom and having working moms um, work working for me, I know in at least a corporate America environment, it was like super hard to get any time off to get a, you know, a day from home or whatever. And so I think Now we're coming to like really appreciate flexibility, but also I do think there's, and I've heard this a lot from owners that I coach or leaders, you know, where people miss being in an office. Mm. They just miss it. And it's because they know exactly what it felt like to have the water cooler, to have the break room, to laugh, to have like unexpected things happen, to grab lunch with each other, to go for a walk around the block, to clear your head with a friend. And when those things go away, you know, you really miss it. And so I think, you know, there's this mixed, you kind of like loving the flexibility, but missing the office. And that's why I feel like hybrid work is kind of here to stay. I think it's going to be hard to ever let go of flexibility, but I do think we're going to see a bit of a swing back to people wanting more face-to-face time with each other and forming those sort of looking in each other's eyeballs in real life relationships. Yeah. And it's also somewhat, I'm going to guess, like it's somewhat to do with that age thing you were talking about earlier. Like that generation of millennials has young kids in it. Mm -hmm. And that flexibility has never been more valuable to me when I had small humans living in my house. (laughs) Yeah. And also I will say there's a flip side to that. 
I'm just freaking needing to get out of the house. Mm. Like sometimes when you're a working mom, you just need a human adult. It's like going to have a conversation with you that is not about Cheerios. So, you know, there's, um, there's that too. Okay. So the next one is recognition. Who do you think kind of ranks the highest and wanting, you know, kind of that work recognition job? Prestige. Is it Gen Z? No. Is it Gen X then? It's Gen X. Yeah. That was my second. Yeah. Gen Xers really, um, you know, value that, uh, that feeling like they're valued, feeling like they're recognized. And I think, you know, that was obviously, you know, a big thing for kind of working your way up the corporate ladder. That was a a pretty big, pretty big repeated phrase, you know, when it came to, to work for the Gen X generation. Yeah. Well, that was a big deal for the previous generation, the boomers. Exactly. Yep. Pay your time, pay your dues, right? How many times when I started my career, did you hear the this takes time, pay your dues. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And I, you know, I've, t- I think I've told the story before where, you know, when I first started having a slew of millennials working for me and like six months into the job, people would come in and ask for a promotion. And I think, what? What? <laughs> what are you talking about? It was that mentality of like, you haven't paid your dues yet or, you know, and it was a different type of generational, like, it was like, I've been here for six months. That's an eternity. Like, why aren't you promoting me? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so it is, you do see kind of that different mentality when, you know, that wasn't even on my, my mind when I was first starting out. It was more like this mentality of FaceTime and I didn't leave till the boss left and, and making sure, you know, I was, uh, I was going above and beyond. So the next one is security, value, like pay. That's got to be the boomers, right? Well, you know, on this one, it didn't have the boomers showing up. The highest was Gen Xers. Really? Followed by millennials and then, of course, Gen Z. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe it's because when they did the survey, the boomers were already making more money than all of us. So it didn't matter. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, I think one of the things that that we see is that, again, um, and, you know, I was reading an article, you know, that the the boomers and the Gen Xers made more money at 40 than millennials make now. Really? Yeah. So... It's the millennial generation, and now this some of this has to do with like the Great Recession and and just startup mentality and and a, a lot of different things. But but Gen Xers made more money at forty than millennials are making now in their forties, and yeah, it's just a different a different economical environment and um, just a different you know way people are working. And so uh, millennials and it's predicted Gen Zs just have less money. Um, And so we can kind of see that sort of in how they're living out. So we know like younger millennials, you know, go back home and live with their parents and, you know, take them longer to get out of the nest. And that was not even an option. My dad was like, get the 
Rick out of here and go get a job. And I don't care what kind of job it is, but you got to pay your own bills. Yeah. And so we see sort of a different mentality happening with kind of those younger millennials and then Gen Zers who, who um, are just, you know, and, and of course, a lot of this has to do with, you know, yes, rents are higher. It's, it's more expensive to live on your own. Um, it's a little bit harder, but then again, of course, you know, the economic environment and whatnot. So, so that pays a little bit different. The last one is growth. So growth and purpose. Is that in the workforce. Is that Gen Z? Gen Z's highest, okay. followed right right behind by millennials. Right. That's what I was going to say. That probably works its way up the ladder yep. there. Yeah. And it's a lot has to do with, you know, that millennials and Gen Zers just value growth and purpose above all else. They really want to feel like it means something and that they can make sense of their work. And so I think that's really important for leaders and business owners as this is becoming their biggest um, pool of workers is, are you clear on your purpose? Are you clear on growth path and, and uh, development for your team? Um, because if you're not and you think, well, I pay them well and I give them a ton of flexibility and they can work wherever they want, it's, that's not the whole formula. And, you know, it's not really what people value the most and, I think that we have to take it seriously. So that's a big thing. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I mean, that's been, you know, I don't know. My antidotal experience with that is, you know, they want that feedback. They want to know how they make that next step and they ruthlessly pursue it, um, mm -hmm. which is a double-edged sword a little bit because they are so focused on it that they believe they can achieve it in the short timelines that that's possible. And it's a weird mix because like sometimes experience does matter. Having seen enough problems just to be exposed to enough things. Like there was somebody very early in my career that told me like, Hey, you are going to have to do something multiple times with efficiency and proficiency before I pay you consistently to do it. And it was this moment like, oh, reps, I need to do this and demonstrate this capability multiple times. And that doesn't seem to be the prevailing trend anymore. It's, I did a thing, obviously I'm capable of doing it. Pay me for it. Yeah, yeah. I think we're still um, kind of working off that phase of, parenting and there was a time and I don't know if it still exists because maybe I should ask some of my younger parents uh, or parents of younger kids of this everybody gets a a blue ribbon everybody's a winner nobody's a loser and there was a phase of that going on that did not happen when I was growing up there were definitely you're a loser <laughs> you're gonna get picked last for the you know the kickball team or whatever that still happened and so I think and the workforce, we knew that you kind of had to, to work up and that, you know, multiple people were going to go for a promotion. Not everybody was going to get it and all those things. And so I think, you know, we're still kind of working off some of that over parenting, you know, the kind of swung, the pendulum swung so far the other way from the latchkey kids, you know, really wanting to be present and make sure that, you know, the kids are 
kids are okay and all of those things. And so, and also I think, you know, again, this kind of goes down back to like generational um, experiences. And so we know the boomers, you know, they went through wars and civil rights activism and, and all, you know, all those things. And, you know, the Gen Xers went through Cold War and, you know, hiding under our desk because we thought the Russians were coming and, and, you know, the fall of the Berlin Wall and the fall of, you know, um, you know, all of that, the Iron Curtain. And I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, a different mentality. Um, and then also you brought it up when you brought up quiet quitting and all of this, that the power of social media to sort of shape our psyche and our expectations. Um, even if it's just one or two people saying it, it feels like the whole world saying yeah. it. And right now our world is run by, you know, a lot of extreme opinions when we know the vast majority of people fall in the middle, but those voices are so loud, we think, oh, we're supposed to feel this way, or we're supposed to act this way, or we're supposed to be angry about these things. And then I hear some of my clients that I coach are like, I know, I'm, I mean, they're, I'm being told I should be angry, but I don't really feel angry. And I'm like, then don't be angry. <laughs> like it's, are, you know, it's like, <laughs> are you getting angry about not being angry? That's what it sounds exactly. like a little bit. <laughs> Exactly. People just need to zip it. Um, no. <laughs> okay. So we, we've talked for like 20 some minutes here and your, your, your advice is just to zip it. That's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're seeing my generation coming out, right? Hi, Overly Human Friends. It's Tracy. And if you haven't heard, I wrote a book. It's called What If There's More? Finding Significance Beyond Success. And it's out right now. If you're thinking about a career pivot, wanting to follow your dream, or just want to fall back in love with what you do, then I think this book is for you. And if you like what you read, please feel free to head on over and leave me a review. You can learn more at tracyshubertbarrett.com. And you can find What If There's More wherever you buy books. Thanks. One of the things that is, is so funny to me about um, like the the repeated theme when it comes to generational differences is communication and that we just communicate differently by generations. And we feel that, you know, whether it's some people prefer emails, some people just want to do it on Slack and some people text, you know. Yeah. Those communicational preferences are so important, you know, and I think that one of the things that we can do as leaders is ask, right? Like ask what our team, how they want to be communicated with, how they want to receive feedback and encourage them to ask their teams mm. and take it all the way down, up and down, right? Like, and I think that's like, that's been an unlock I know for Sparkbox is, you know, asking people what their preference is and then trying your best to honor that. Um, and I think that comes back to the individual. Yes, there are trends that we see, the different generations, but so much of this comes down to I don't know. Maybe I'm oversimplifying it. If I ask you what your preferences are, then I can either choose to meet them and get one response or choose to not meet them and get the probably not get as good a response from you. Yeah. And I think, you know, I really think that leaders and business owners, they have to use all forms of communication. Yeah. If you have a multi-generational team, then you really need to be using everything, Slack and email 
and you need to be picking up the phone and calling people, you know, and, and trying to hear voices and, you know, and meeting with people and having lunches and all of those things, you should be doing all forms of communication. Yeah. Yeah. There and this gets back to the other thing that we've said, I don't know, a couple dozen times over our, this podcast is the average human from whatever generation they're in has to hear something seven times before they will understand. So if you take those different communication preferences times the number of times people have to hear things, you are going to sound like a broken record in all of the different mediums. Yep, exactly, exactly. All right. So any parting thoughts here, Tracy? Well, I think, you know, this being overly human is to remember we're dealing with humans and this is multifaceted. And it is important for us as leaders to understand these generational influences, to be educated about them. But then, of course, to weigh up that this is just one factor of each person we're dealing with. And so this is why it's so important to really get to know each other really get to know each other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Trust takes time. And, you know, there is nothing that can replace trust on teams. It is the foundation for everything that we do. And, you know, every action we take can either be a trust building action or a trust tearing down action. And you want to bank it. You're, you might need it later. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you. The Overly Human Podcast is brought to you by Navigate the Journey and Sparkbox. For more information on this podcast or to get in touch with Tracy or Rob, go to overlyhuman.com. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and tell your friends to listen. Thanks. Thanks.